Hey everyone, welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I'm Farrah, your host, and this week I have one of my dear friends from high school. Um, we actually met um, on the cheer squad, whoop whoop, CHS. Um, Go bikes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we um, met, I had gotten on the squad and then we instantly became friends and um, have been friends ever since. And was just, I was just in Baltimore because Shannon lives over in Baltimore and we just went and I was able to spend some quality time with her and we were talking about life. And I was like, you got to come on the pod. You got to come on. We got to talk about some shit and like, just get into it and be able to spitball and have a good time and share all of your wisdom and experiences with other people. Cause you've been on a wild ride and I can't wait to hear more about it and share it with all of you so thank you for coming on the pod today of course it really is a pleasure it's very fun and exciting like you said when we just got to see each other and reconnect and rekindle it was the best um so yeah getting to share that on your platform I'm truly honored oh I know and then we also went to college together so we spent our college years together and um and then have gone on a few trips and have always stayed connected and I think that that is truly unique I recognize that not a lot of people maintain friendships over that span of time and I think that after spending time together recently I was like it's because I love you and you are a part of my soul (laughs) (laughs) I um just can't imagine my life without you so thank you again and I couldn't have thought of anyone better for us to dive into our topic of friendship today and about a bunch of other things but we're actually going to start with your self-discovery journey because we've kind of discussed this to a certain extent over the years and I know that you've had these highs and low points and just have gone through quite a bit. And so I'd really love for you to share kind of what some major highlights are for you or pivotal points within your life that you feel like you've really understood yourself on a deeper level. Yeah. I mean, and that's a heavy question. It's a huge question. Um, You laid out, you know, what the topic of the pod is going to be. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like how really sit down and hammer all of this crazy thing out that we call life um so I mean like you know when someone asks like what's your self-discovery journey looked or felt like over the years I could go a thousand places but you know starting at the very beginning I have to say that I was incredibly fortunate to have been raised by such a fiercely independent and self-actualized and we'll get into that word what that means a little bit later woman Mm -hmm. I mean, the standards were set very high for me at a young age. And thanks to my mother's own example and her constant support, I never had any doubts in my own abilities to be able to reach or exceed whatever the standard was. Um, And so I, what were you saying? (laughs) I said good old Sheila. She is a power. She loves powerhouse so dearly too. I love it. Like ever since she was young, and she's like, "Oh, Shannon," and I just love the way that she speaks to you and the relationship that you guys have. It's really special. Those Gemini mama bears. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right? They can be a little intense, certainly hardcore, but they will be their child's biggest cheerleader ever. So yeah, my mom's been hyping me up from the very start. Uh, but like I was saying, she definitely was someone that really led by example. Mm-hmm. And so when I thought of the word to describe her and I was like, yes, the self-actualized woman, 
So I'm sure we can all remember when we first learned going back to Maslow's hierarchy, Psych 101, (laughs) going back to the concept of self-actualization and like what that means. Like you remember about this? Yes. Yes. Well, and then I forgot to mention. So Shannon and I both were in psych. um, We both earned our psych degrees. And then you have your master's in sports psychology. Yes. Right. Grad school for sports psych. Um, so the mental skills training. And I mean, I've always loved psychology and every single aspect. I was like, I'm going to be a sex psychologist. I'm going to be a relationship therapist. I'm going to be a sports psychologist. And uh, sports is definitely sports and performance. Definitely mm-hmm. a passion of mine, um, which sticks for me. But yeah, I love the whole aspect of just better understanding how the human brain works how us weirdos all make it along in this life <laughs> like human behavior I think we've I think that's always been a common thread with us is that we love mm-hmm. to like understand people and why they do what they do and so and I think we always will then like break it down like so do you think that this is like this is probably why we end up getting into like really random conversations but it's like you're like watching someone you're like why did they do that like what do you think the motivation was and like and then we like start breaking it down but I think that there is a common thread that there is a hierarchy of needs and like I think once you start to Mm -hmm. understand concepts and these foundational like really findings within psychology you just understand people on a more it's like it's a less biased but also like so I think slightly less biased kind of perspective because you recognize that we're all striving for the same things or to a certain extent for sure it's it's looking for an explanation and with age and maturity you kind of realize you know some things you really can't explain but like we kind of work from a place of looking for intent and looking for an explanation to people's behaviors um you know for better or worse People sometimes need justifications, but you know, if you have no idea where they're coming from, then it typically leads to more misunderstanding. So just trying to find a common ground and understanding from that point. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you're thinking, so when you thought of your mom, which I love that you're pulling this in, I was like, I didn't know this is direction I was going to go, but I am jazzed. <laughs> I can't wait to learn more. So the self-actualized woman, what is, when you think of this, what comes to mind? So I'm going through this concept. And so just a quick rundown for people that maybe don't remember, or maybe they had never learned this. So it's set up like the pyramid, you know, the same way that it looks like, you know, the nutrition pyramid. So on the bottom, we're showcasing our physiological needs, the basics, you know, air, food, shelter, that type of thing. And atop that, then we have our need for safety, which is just, you know, our health and our security. And then the two tiers above that encompass our psychological need. So we're looking at, you know, the feelings of love and belonging. And this is where friendships and more of intimate relationships come into play, um, followed by esteem, which specifically the feelings of accomplishment and autonomy um, for some people status is a big part of that, too. Mm-hmm. But then at the very top of that pyramid is where the self-actualized human comes into play. And this is where one actually develops a complete belief in their own potential. And so that's why I'm saying that I had the example of a woman that was that and mm-hmm. then in turn instilled that into me. 
And so what it actually means, these are the commonly developed characteristics of self-actualized people. One, to be self-accepting, to be spontaneous, um, responsible, someone that's realistic, autonomous, um, someone that enjoys solitude and privacy, and the kind of people that know or at least see value in the journey as opposed to the destination. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you have thoughts on that? I um I couldn't agree more, actually. And I think that that's been something that I've found over time, but I don't think I necessarily had that when I was younger. I think it took years for me to be able to do that. And I don't know if I even really recognized it within psychology, but more through spirituality and through the yogic path that I was able to achieve that and really incorporate it into my life on a very um, mental, spiritual and physical way. And I, it, it took me a lot of, uh, I think a lot of pitfalls stumbling <laughs> quite a bit for me to be able to arrive there. Hey, what did I just say? The destiny, or it has to be the journey over the destination, right? (laughs) Facts, facts. (laughs) Exactly, still learning. I mean, and so I say all this to say that for me, I had a very strong self-identity pretty early on. I could probably genuinely say at about the age of 13, I possessed almost nearly all of the traits of a self-actualized person and not a lot of people could say that Um, and that's not to say that I've carried those traits you know completely confident and being completely self-accepting and responsible a hundred percent of the time because absolutely not Farrah knows me so (laughs) she can vouch (laughs) but at my core like yes I truly am Uh, and I mean in large part, I feel like that leads me into something else that we're going to talk about, which was how solitude and our friendships and intimate relationships can play a part as well into that, um, that self journey. Totally. Well, and how, what part do you feel like that has played for you? Or solitude in particular, because you would move to, I, and I don't know if this is what you're going to go into, but like you would move to Baltimore on your own. Like, so we grew up together. She was, you were living in Seattle, but you always were really independent though. And I think that that goes into play with what you're talking about of always just being very aware of your potential. Like I don't, I, over the years that I've known you over a couple of decades, I've known you, like, you've always been like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. And like, you always pursue it. And I've always admired that about you. And one of the many other things that I admire about you is that your ability to speak your own truth and to be able to know who you are and to honor that. And I've always just like, I think I'm a people pleaser by nature. And so for me to be able to have someone as an example of that, like I always admired it because it was something I was always afraid to do, which you laugh at me when I say this, because you're like, Barry, you were always just wild. <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> no, like, Barry, you gave me a lot of confidence in situations too. Like you seemed fearless to me as a child. And I was just like, oh my God, this girl. <laughs> but it all takes you know and like so much of the power of friendship is like how we influence one another over time and like I think you gravitate towards people that have certain traits that you don't have and that also you have shared values and there can be um kind of a a diversity within that because I think then that's how you grow as individuals with one another but I think we've definitely yeah 
we've definitely gotten into some precarious situations in our years. And I think, <laughs> but we always knew like, we're going to be fine. Like we're going to figure this out right. and we're gonna stick together and we'll, everything's going to pan out. Like we will, you know, Sam's got brand new back. We, we will always <laughs> sit out, but like, it, but to have fun along the way too, I think is also really important. And that's definitely never been a shortage within our friendship, but um, no, we're very fortunate that I would say we've never gotten burned by any of mm-hmm. our decisions or actions that we could have probably admitted we're reckless. Um, but it was still, like you said, you know, within reason. <laughs> like, we never got ourselves in more trouble than we knew how to handle. <laughs> Calculated risk is what I always say is a big Damn. thing. I like, I will risk certain, like, that's when you're like, you're fearless. I was like, it's always like, not always calculate. Sometimes I'm a little spontaneous, you know, I could be a little impulsive some days, but I would say mm-hmm. that there's more often than not, I'm like, I've already probably thought about worst case scenario because I'm actually slightly catastrophizing at all times. I've already thought through those things and I'm like, this is half bad. Like we'll figure this out and like, we'll be fine. But like, <laughs> but if there is like, or if I'm really unsure, if I'm scared, like if I'm really scared, but I think at this point in my life, I've faced a lot of my fears and being alone was actually very much one of my biggest fears in life. Cause I'd never mm-hmm. been alone before. I'd never lived alone before. This was like the first time I had ever lived alone. So there was a lot of things, I think even at this stage of my life where I may have been fearless in certain areas, but in other areas, scared shitless in all honesty. And so I think, again, having people around you to help like kind of move through those times can be a, a really helpful and necessary too. But I don't know. Yeah, that is like exactly where I was going with this because yeah, there's, you know, some people that we know that it is like their worst nightmare to be alone or to be sitting in quiet, you know, just themselves. Um, And I was very comfortable (laughs) with solitude. And I mean, it's actually like a highlighted element, I would say of my journey. And I that's why I was kind of surprised when I like, did the throwback to the hierarchy of needs, I was like, oh, like I found that super interesting that that was a like common description or at least part of the description of someone being self-actualized because, you know, like with everything in life, there needs to be a balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like there's people which, you know, seeing the way that the current generation is going now where it seems like, in overabundance potentially of solitude and you know them not being properly socialized which then like you know can lead to the issues of you know emotional regulation and not being able to really accept or connect with reality and so like while I did have a lot of solitude and I would even probably say some of the most substantial periods of growth in my self-discovery actually came out of moments of it just being me with my thoughts. Mm. Um, You know, prime example, like you were saying, you know, when the pandemic widely hit and I took the opportunity to make one of the biggest changes of my life at the time, you know, leaving the city that I knew and that I loved, you know, the only state that I'd ever lived in and moving about as far as you can geographically go within the United States, you know, all the way out here to the East Coast without knowing a single soul. 
Um, and it was just that period of nesting and learning more about, you know, what makes me tick and what type of environments do I thrive in? You know, what am I lacking? What elements of my life do I need to foster and incorporate more consistently? Mm -hmm. um, and I think change just forces us a lot of times, yeah. you know, to those thought process and forces us to evaluate um, a lot of that. And it's kind of like that perfect meeting where the universe is, we know, always giving us lessons. Yeah. But when you actually have the clarity of mind and the tools at your disposal to learn from those lessons. And then I sort of think of it like, like in a video game, like checkpoint, then you get to go on to the next level. And that's legitimately kind of how it felt once I got through, you know, my first really quiet year out here, not knowing people, um, you know, in large part, this city was still on lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just a lot of personal growth. And I came out of the other side of it, feeling this like, noticeable, like lightness. Mm -hmm. And confidence that I hadn't felt the last few years that I was back home in Seattle yeah. um, and I don't know just that can lead you to be more open and accepting to new people and experiences and I mean frankly it's kind of changed my life now like I'm in a good spot that's phenomenal well and I appreciate you sharing all of that because I definitely witnessed that, you know, from the outside looking in, but it was such an incredible journey for me to watch it. And it, just the bravery that it took to move across the country and to really start a new life. And you're like, I'm going to go for it. And then to see where you are now, like, I think sometimes we don't recognize the risks that we're taking because we're like, this just feels right. We know we need to do it, but then mm -hmm. to be on the other side of it and then to see where you've landed, it's like, obviously I was, I was going in the right direction. This is where I was meant to be. And I may have not understood it at the time, but it's all panned out the way it was supposed to. And what what would you say like were some major points of growth or, or some like like key points where you're like, okay, this is an area where I need to grow, or this is something that I really need to reflect on or like learn about myself that solitude was able to create an environment to be able to foster. Yeah. Um so at the time, so kind of like I was saying that that clarity of mind and so I wouldn't say that I was always very good at maybe like paying attention to signs or like patterns um but that's something that you know when I didn't have everybody else around me or outside noise um which I mean you know you have your friends around you and it's not meant to be like looked at as like a distraction but you know, inevitably, yeah, it can be. Mm -hmm. And so once that I was sort of out of that situation and sort of forced to stand on my own, and you know, I was the only representative for me, um, it really did help me see some things a little bit more clearly. Um, you know, areas that I lacked confidence and I think I was able to approach it a different way. Um, I'd also say kind of at that time, one of the patterns or lessons I recognized that was being put in front of me was about detachment. Mm. So this sounds kind of weird, but I mean, this is a spiritual podcast, so I'm sure people <laughs> want to 
won't be like, okay, what is this girl talking about? Open, open forum. <laughs> Every single person that I met when I very first moved here, and like I said, it was, you know, just chance encounters because a large part of the city was on lockdown. You know, I'm just meeting people in the building, you know, going to my grocery store, just everyday things. Yeah. Every single person that I ended up, you know, striking any type of substantial relationship all in a row, Aquarius. Mm. I didn't know a single Aquarius person in my life back oh, no. home, no. which is so odd, right? Yeah. And so I was like, this is weird. Like, I want to know what this means. <laughs> so, like, like quality. So yeah. What are these people about? And overwhelmingly, uh, I it was a lesson in the ability to detach. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, well, check. I'm here where I know no one and left my entire past life behind, so to speak. Yeah. But is that still really detaching? You can make a move or make a change. And sometimes people will do that to sort of escape a situation. Yeah. Um, and that. And that wasn't what I felt like I was doing because really I was still kind of holding on and grasping to the things that I had left. And so it was almost like recognizing you took the chance and you made the big physical move. Maybe there are some things in your closet or things from your past that you haven't truly let go that you need to, to allow yourself to not just physically, but mentally move forward. And um, too. E- exactly even more so and so once I recognized that I was like okay I, I kind of get it and as hard as that might have been I was able to do that um, I could find closure where I needed to even in situations that I was like maybe I'm not even ready to touch it out of sight out of mind I'm I'm over it it's fine I'm good I don't think about this in the weirdest chain of events, those people would randomly reach out to me. And I was like, I'm getting opportunity after opportunity to do this closure. Got a man up, woman up, got to do it. Want to and- show up fully to be like, I, this is occurring for a reason. I recognize the pattern. I see this. I'm now asking for an invitation, like pretty much universe, come show me how, let, let me do this. Like, let me grow. And it's like, all right, well, here, here it is. How did I got that- what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> Asking you to receive, but in, in like good and bad. What was what was probably the most difficult one, or if, if you don't mind sharing? Oh gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, know right? we're gonna talk about. We're gonna go in deep. I know. So as much as I, so I have been married before. Um. And so this divorce years already down the road, um, you know, even before leaving Washington, leaving Seattle, you know, we had Walt moved on, um, you know, he has an entire family, a wife and children and everything. And, you know, I had um, other substantial and long-term relationships. And so as far as I was concerned, it, I didn't need closure. It, it had yeah. already taken place. Close the doors. Um, Right. Um, but I'm also one of those kind of rare people that um, I've always still managed to be friends with or hold in high regard. Every ex I've ever had and 
were like, what? You're friends with your exes? Because I'm like, why not? Like, obviously, I thought they were great people um, or else we would have never been together. Yeah, I would have been with them, but I think they're really cool. (laughs) Right. But there's still some level of that, which I only recognized again once I got the separation and sort of my own self-discovery and listening that aspects of that are actually selfish. And and some of that could be seen as selfish it could be manipulative I wasn't ever going out of my way to try to stay like involved in their lives or even reaching out or texting or any of that stuff but knowing you know the gravity of the history that we had and even knowing to some degree that I was the one that you know ended our situation that there was some level of like feeling still that that other person may have had for me like you were the one in a way sure I mean it could have been something (laughs) like that but you know I'm not gonna (laughs) I'm not gonna put words in anyone's mouth but (laughs) he might say that if he was on the pod he might mention that I don't know (laughs) if he wanted to be honest no I'm just (laughs) but it's very possible and to be able to release both of us from Mm -hmm. that because I think that as long as you have a piece of your heart or you know one foot anywhere else then that is going to in some way be a hindrance to anything that you're trying to build moving forward um so yeah the hardest part um out of the blue I got uh, a call from him Mm. and yeah and mind you, we're on a three hour time difference now. So I'm like, what in the actual F is this person calling me right now? Um, I do. And, and I think, and so it was again where I was like, normally I probably would have just ignored it. Um, but I was like, something's telling me like, this is the journey I'm on. Like, I need to let all this old stuff go. So I answered. Mm -hmm. and it definitely unearthed where like I said where I thought there was closure I had no lingering feelings I'm like good to go it just was like it it was like I had to wear it like I had to own it um because he said a lot of things that sort of unleashed a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. that I never had issue with And I could tell at the end of it, he felt way better. Like he got everything off his chest. And then it like left me with all the baggage, like with a gaping wound. And I was like, I was not prepared for that. Um, So then, yeah, I just sat again and sort of work had was forced to work through all that. Um, You know, arguments I never even remembered (laughs) that we had that he obviously had been thinking about. For decades past decades um literally yeah so I was like at first I was angry because I was like I actually was fine and I didn't need closure I was actually trying to be nice (laughs) right I was like I was trying to do you a favor and now you just left me in a bad way um but no yes but yes but also I'm truly thankful that it happened you didn't if 
if it if there is if you were truly over it then it probably wouldn't have caused such a commotion right like so obviously there's still some little bit of unsettledness within you as well the well completely yeah so that was a tough moment um for sure um but again it probably without it it wouldn't be possible for me to be where I am and in the situation that I am now and so I'm so thankful for it yeah what was there like what was maybe one key thing that you felt like you healed from after having that conversation well one it again it just gave me perspective um because more or less just the whole situation itself that I was going along all this time think I pictured the whole relationship and the whole ending like completely different he was apologizing to me for ways that he said that he treated me towards the end meanwhile I had it in my mind that like I was the villain that broke up our marriage and that and it was and he saw it totally different so that in of itself really made me remember that my lens is not the only lens my experience is not the only experience and for me personally that's something I need to constantly be reminded of because I know I'm guilty of thinking that I'm like completely surprised when someone's not on the same page with me I'm like how like it's so obvious like duh like how can you not be thinking yeah and that's not the case. Like, hello, Shannon. <laughs> so, like, a thousand other, well, millions, billions of other perspectives, and everybody's not thinking this. What I see as common sense thing, it's not that. So, that was just a big eye opener um, altogether, and reminded me to be mindful of other people's interpretations of situations and how I might be seeing it one way is not the absolute of you know how it went down yeah well and especially when you've had an image of how you thought that um transpired and to hear such a different side like just a a totally different view on it it's like whoa like and then also to reevaluate like was that what happened and how have I been looking at this and then Mm -hmm. how does that change like how I view what occurred and then how do I want to move forward like there's so many things that come into play with all of that And it also showed me a pattern that that wasn't the only relationship to where in like after the fact, I had this idea in my mind of like, oh, I left this person wounded or like, you know, like some type of power dynamic that wasn't entirely that to where they were willing to take just as much ownership and responsibility um, to the ending of the relationship. Whereas I was wearing the brunt of that on my shoulders. Um, So that too, I mean, it it was like, I, like I was a little bit absolved of some of, I was probably harnessing guilt that I didn't even acknowledge. Yeah. And almost like, um, yeah, the guilt and maybe even feeling like you did something wrong and to forgive yourself for that. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is a very powerful tool, especially when it comes to the matters of the heart, right? To be able to really connect with others, to be able to forgive others and forgive yourself in the past. So 
And when you do, it it really is like you feel such a weight lifted off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like that might be a large part of why you felt the lightness that you did after kind of working through so many of these pieces. Absolutely. And like loves, great loves of our lives, they, I think, sometimes affect us more than we even acknowledge them too, and especially how we see others and and like how we how we show up for our relationships in general, friendships or partnerships. So, well, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Sorry, I know. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, because who else am I going to talk to this about besides my girl? <laughs> She's like, just so you know, I was just, I was in the trenches for a while. Between that and finding a therapist, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't we all, don't we all? But I, so then we, so we've kind of talked, touched a little bit on like the solitude and the part that that had to play and you gaining a deeper understanding of yourself, but then also mm-hmm. discuss a little bit of like the relationships and how that's helped shape who you are. Is there other relationships that you feel like you've taken like nuggets of wisdom that have helped be like you become the person that you are, even other friendships that you feel like have molded you in some way? So this is what I was thinking about just sort of in preparation for this uh, and just like you sort of touched on you know our history and everything and I feel so utterly grateful and I honestly in awe sometimes when I think about that I have friendships and people in my life that have truly known me my entire life Um, in terms of self-discovery I feel like having those people who have actually like seen the whole journey Mm -hmm. and actually witnessed your growth is invaluable Um, it's like it's those people that you know keep me accountable they keep you true to yourself Um, and we kind of talked about this too that the intentions behind some of the things we do or say and it's those people that know your intentions whereas others or you know new people that you bring into your life may not um and hell if you need somebody that's going to gas you up a little bit if you're doubting yourself or conversely if you're you know doing a little bit too much you need somebody to keep it real with you like those are the really pivotal moments where having um, these close bonded friendships can help shape you know decisions that you make in your journey that can have a lasting impact in your entire life Um, and I think I think relationships are the same in that way. But I also think there's sort of a clear, like added benefit to an intimate relationship in that same way, where how it impacts your self-discovery. And I know it's not true for everyone, but ideally that we actually learn from each relationship and learn from each breakup, you know, kind of, you know, what I touched on, some of the things I learned following that breakup. And I feel like, you know, once you have that each time that you go through it and you come the other side of it, you should be like taking a lesson, something about yourself from that. You learn about being in those kind of relationships teaches you what you want and don't want out of life. It teaches you boundaries. 
I mean, I feel like there's so it teaches you courage. There's so many things that you can gather um, on the other side of a relationship about who you are and who you want to be moving forward. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, then, since you asked some of the specific lessons that I learned is that I don't think I've necessarily been a person that's ever really lacked courage necessarily but so for me (laughs) right yeah everybody would describe me as you know bold or however you want to say it but I think what I ended up learning is how to do that and provide that message but do so in a way that is still more tactful or empathetic really Um, being able to approach those hard subjects and do so from a more caring and diplomatic place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think between that and just, you know, becoming a more patient person that those are going to be my lifelong lessons to continue improving on. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not to just go into astrology, but those are like the life lessons of every, I think, Aries is that patience and to like, not just jump into something, but to like, really think it through. And then also, you know, the tactfulness, but it's because you are so honest and like, don't have any reservation to be like, well, why wouldn't I say this? If I feel this so strongly, then why wouldn't I say this out loud? Because there is this, um, you know, there uh, a confidence that goes along with that, but that's, those are things that I admire the most about you, but then can also see there's a balance, right? You know, it's like the healthy dose mm-hmm. of moderation, um, but recognizing the tact that goes along with it to be like, okay, I'll be a little more diplomatic about how I approach this. And then that way, at least like I'm saying, I always say, say I'm really direct, but I have a smile on my face. So maybe. That- <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, and what do you, what would you say? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, you are on your own journey. We all are, but specifically where, you know, you're rediscovering yourself with more solitude and aside from a relationship, what do you feel like are some things that you've learned as a result of that ending? Like what you've learned about yourself? Um, Like with, through the ending of a relationship, what have I learned about myself throughout that process? I I think one is that I've always looked to others for um like I'm a leader in some ways and in some situations but then I've also looked for a boldness or even um kind of like a courage or even like a power a more like dominant perspective in others and I've like and like almost like a strength like I've looked to others to exemplify that versus looking within myself and mm-hmm. um that is just like, you know, if someone's going to shoot it to a straight or someone's going to like talk some shit, it like, sometimes it's me. It depends on setting a place, but <laughs> often than not like, I've seen I, it. I know it's like, depends on who I, I probably say time and place. So like, and it's also who I'm around. Is someone else going to be able to do that? Or that's like, I feel like a part of my personality is like, what group am I around? Is someone else going to be able to do this? Or do I need to be the person that steps in to do it? And I tend to have people around me that do take that role especially within my last relationship I would say he was very much more direct and like if someone's going to talk some shit it's definitely going to be him and he's actually way better at it than I am because he's far wittier than I was ever and so like (laughs) he might even flow into a fucking rap and just like that's how you know right now it's a diss track (laughs) (laughs) track. (laughs) like a burn track um (laughs) 
Okay, so that's actually when I knew we needed to leave. <laughs> I was at like a party, like, and I'd be like here I'm rapping somewhere, and I'd be like, "Oh God, oh God, what's oh. I was like, "No one's listening to the words, but he's talking shit to everyone." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and impressive. Bars. 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 Yeah, it's got bars. bars, but at the same. I can't believe I just shared that, but that is so true. That was such a huge part of our relationship for so long. But um, but I would say in that way, I kind of just leaned on him to be like the bulldog, you know, and then I was mm-hmm. the nice one. And that didn't require for me to ever really stand up for myself because I didn't have to. I was the peacekeeper, which is also a role that I feel more comfortable in. And so when I left that situation and also when I got more into real estate and like was negotiating contracts and like having to like advocate for my clients, like it wasn't always about peacekeeping. Sometimes you had to push back in order to like execute what needed to be done and also to advocate for my clients. So like, I recognize that I can, I am just as powerful. I have just as much strength. I have just as much confidence. And in those moments, I can be just as direct with tech if I need to be. And also then I recognize that if I were to get aggressive, I get very aggressive. Like it's like either oh. like, it's either super nice Farah or like, I'm about to bite your head off Farah. And I recognize there can be a middle ground for that. And I recognize with building new relationships and friendships and everything, and also business relationships, especially, I think is probably where I learned it the most but to find that balance of both sides and recognizing, especially as a woman, that I can be assertive right, and that I can also convey what I need and what I want without just always like necessarily um, giving in to what the other person wants, which I- I completely get that. I mean, like you hadn't had the opportunity before to really harness that power that you're saying of like when to, you know, turn up that other year if you needed to and so like you said it would go from extreme to extreme um but now it kind of perfectly set you up like you said for where you are now to be able to have those hard conversations um but you know doing it with some balance and and not just flying completely (laughs) (laughs) which I think then that's you know, and towards the end where things got a lot more hostile, if you will. Um, I was just, it was just instant, you know, then it mm-hmm. was like zero to hundred real quick. And I was like, back the fuck up, let's go, you know? And like, I don't like <laughs> to be in that state all the time. And I also don't want to be in relationships that force me to be in that state all the time. And so I think oh, now being able to stand up for myself within reason but then also to be able to like I'm you know as I just was telling you about I'm really um leaning into being more soft you know recognizing the power and the strength with the feminine side of me and recognizing to be compassionate to be kind and to know when to be firm and to be assertive it's all this delicate dance and like finding that uh, kind of um flow for myself has been really eye-opening and just something I don't think I ever really had a firm grasp on before. Gosh, I could not agree more. Um, Cause like I said, I can be honest and, and I always knew because as long as, you know, my interest in psychology and then, you know, once I got into professions um, where I was able to provide counseling, I knew overwhelmingly that especially for the role I was in, that I lacked 
empathy. <laughs> and I'm like, how can you be a therapist or a counselor with someone and have that be, you know, a missing part of your personality? And truthfully, because it came down to me. No, but what were you saying? You are really direct though. You really, you will shoot it. You don't, it's like straight through to the, like, but not in like right. intention wise, you're not trying to hurt them, but it's just very like, it's just like a very matter of fact presentation, I guess. Yeah. Right. In the name of coming to a clearer understanding and in the name of efficiency, as far as, as I can tell it. And I genuinely used to look at being empathy is like, and a weakness kind of like a negative thing and I was saying you know that that was a lesson that I developed um, you know as a result of my friendships and as a result of ending uh, you know long-term relationships and I don't at all see it like that anymore I mean some of that's maturity but I honestly think it's just a better way to connect with someone it's a better starting point yes I can very much still get my point across and be direct it it's almost just like a more evolved human it takes me because my nature is to just blurt it out exactly how I thought it it now requires a little bit like you said a delicate dance it it involves me taking whatever I was thinking or saying, you know, gurgling it up (laughs) in my brain, but just a slight filter on it for a moment so that I can more appropriately connect that. Because if you're talking to someone, granted, it's being direct and granted, you're like, I mean, now there can be no misunderstanding because I said it just how I was thinking it. But if you're coming at someone like at a hundred miles an hour or super harsh and critically, even if they quote unquote, understood what you said, how receptive to it are they actually going to be? Yeah, because they might feel attacked. I think then they immediately jump to the defense. And then it's like, it like, then it just like falters, because you're like, shit, now we, we're not even the points lost, because mm, the person's exactly. defensive and it's now like trying to like, justify what they're doing. And it's like, we don't need to go down that road. Like, I'm just trying to tell you what I think. But it is it, I think, to hear you say that and to describe that I think is something that I think is like an extreme for most people that they never really fully are able to like incorporate and then to to add that filter of kindness you know to a certain Mm -hmm. extent or they're just so nice that they actually never say what they want and they never get what they want and then they're resentful because of it and then you're on like the other side of the pendulum where then people are always just saying what they want and are being really direct but then people are like resentful towards them because they feel like they're getting taken advantage of and it's like I think it, and I think it really leans into the feminine nature, like the balance of the masculine and feminine too. Oh yeah, no, that's another good point of it. I mean, as long as I've known you and I would say it's true about myself that we are fairly like that as females, we are a little bit more dominant and come from a place that is like a little bit more masculine presenting in terms of you know, like I said, the way we might speak our mind or Mm -hmm. just the level of courage that we might show in certain situations where other people might be a lot more timid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to, you know, yes, be yourself. Yes, be as feminine as you want to and also still be able to handle your business. But like doing that in a place that's true to you, 
but will actually resonate with the people you're trying to communicate it to. Yeah. And that's, I think that's how you actually make change. That's how you find progress in anything. Like if you're trying to get everyone on board towards a common goal, like everyone needs to buy in, like it can't be led by fear or by like, everyone just needs to listen and do what I say. It's like, and sometimes there's time and place for authority, but like to be able to get everyone like, um, um, on, yeah, I'm just going to say on board again, but like to get everyone like excited about it and the like motivating, mm-hmm. I think motivation to find the, like, and especially within your sports psychology, like finding the motivation. I was just going to say, you're, you're yeah. keying me up. Right? And I was like, boom, <laughs> pop, 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 keep going. Because <laughs> I was like, you know more about this, but then that's how like, because otherwise intrinsic, you know, value and reward is so much more powerful than anything from the exterior. Yeah, you make me think of like, the great coaching examples when you were saying that, you know, looking at the difference between like a Pete Carroll style of coaching, which is very much like, you know, what you were just describing, someone that can really rally a team because he goes out of his way to specifically like tap into each person's strengths and abilities and communication styles. And to be able to manage, you know, that many individuals, but rally them to a common goal is, astounding like that takes real people skills um and then you know there's the old school way of doing it where it is very much authoritarian um and so my soft girl era or journey was you know sort of figuring out the balance to that um and I'm actually just thankful that kind of like you said I I don't really need to always lead with that mm-hmm. and and it it does me better. It does good for, you know, everyone that I'm communicating with or working with, um, where we can sort of just start at a better base level than like all of this. It's this more like intense or aggression or however they might see it. People see it differently, but, you know, not having to bulldog, (laughs) so to speak, people. Yeah. Well, and and it can be effective, you know, and that is why it is utilized because like it is, it will get the job done, you know, but then are you going to do so in a manner that's sustainable, you know? And I think that that's that part. And especially when you think about relationships or friendships, you know, yeah, you could force all of your friends to do what you want them to do or your partner to be like, you're going to do this. And this is why you're going to do it. Control them, you know, like essentially just control everyone, but it's like, who really want, like some people like to be controlled. May I, you know, what was it BDSM or? <laughs> <laughs> and even that, right? There's like a time and place. Time and place. And it's safer. They are safer. <laughs> it's like, so I think even in those settings, like maybe, but I think that ultimately we all want to feel like we have a say. We all want to feel like we're, we're having a part to play in it. And we want to feel like we're making a contribution. And if someone's constantly always taking the reins, like I never give me permission for anyone else to do so, like I think over time that gets exhausting. Um, and I don't think there's really that equal exchange from both sides within it in any way. So, but that's also like, I think finding a true partnership, you know, and that's like being a teammate or being a partner everyone's contributing, everyone's involved, everyone feels like what they're doing is important. And that's going to make them perform better, you know, in whatever setting that might be. Yeah, what we're talking about is sort of learning how to be more diplomatic, Mm -hmm. uh, the diplomacy of the situation. 
um, and that that balance. Certainly. I know we got on, we, we deterred, we were like, we were literally in complete left field, but we, I, no, I don't feel like we did it all. That was, you know, all coming from the lessons learned from the relationships and, you know, what we discovered about ourselves as a result of that. So I still feel like we're completely on track. I mean, I guess where we were going to transition after that was sort of how friendship is represented, um, in our lives now, or maybe what the evolution of that has looked like. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to go on that first? No, you go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, so I guess for me now, um, and you know, now that I still am in, to me, it still feels like a new environment. Plus Seattle will always be my home. Um, but I have met some incredible people out here luckily and I'm starting to get a, a grasp of my environment and you know the places that feel like me the places that I vibe well in and you know going to those kind of places where I meet more people that um, are interesting and exciting humans um, but I would say probably the biggest way that friendship is represented in my life now um, and how I honor it is by being a reliable friend. Um, that's kind of first and foremost, the most important thing to me. Mm. Um, I think you kind of said it early on when you were giving my introduction that you saw me as someone that, you know, whenever I said I was going to do something that I always did. And I took that very seriously, like mm -hmm. for accountability reasons and everything. Like if I announce out loud, you know, a goal I had or whatever it might be like, oh, you better bet all hell that I was going to get it done just because I couldn't even stand like, you know, doubters or people being like, oh, I thought you said you're going to do this. So for even off that reason alone, I'd be like, oh, no, I, I ran my mouth about this. It's happening. <laughs> and so to that same extent, I apply that to my friendships, like just to always show up for them. Um, you know, if if I say I'm going to do something, if you know, they need me for anything like I'm always going to make sure that I can be there I want to be a reliable person mm -hmm. um, to the people that I love and and I always hope and expect that same in return um, but I think that that's crucial to you know what I look for now in friendships um, mm -hmm. and and what I really value absolutely well and I think there's um you know, there's someone that you can trust, you know, like being reliable, being consistent and doing what you say you're going to do is like how, um, trust is developed and built on over time. And if you don't have that, then it's really hard to like really foster a strong relationship without it. Like, where's the foundation, you know, cause what mm -hmm. are you going to expect from that person? So I can definitely see that that's important. And you are, and there was an evolution to that. Um, because, I mean, I could probably admit, you know, back in the day, we could have been friends with people and that was maybe solely just due to proximity, you know, so-and-so is in my class or yeah. so-and-so lives in my neighborhood or, you know, whatever it is. And it was like kind of sad and eye-opening, you know, like looking back, like where we grew up, like I can admit, I grew up calling people friends that most assuredly were racist <laughs> or like you know people that 
could have cared less about me. And it was, you know, either because it was established as like those were the cool people or, you know, whatever it was, some type of insecurity or validation that I craved to where I allowed that to go on. Um, but yeah, not, not anymore. There's, you know, a huge amount of growth and that comes with, you know, learning more about yourself to where hopefully in adulthood, you can really foster more fruitful friendships. Um, that doesn't have to mean that you have like the biggest friend group that you had, like when you were in high school, like as adults, I mean, you see that even less often, um, and like, I have a very, very tiny, tiny tight circle. Like I'm, like I said, I still value my solitude, like almost on equal footing as I do with my friendships. So now it's like, if you are one of my friends, if you are someone that I choose to still have in my life, that, that requires effort because we all have our own things going on. People have families, they have kids, husbands, you know, this, that, and the other, their careers that they're maintaining, so in adulthood, it actually requires some effort, you know, to maintain friendships. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, finding people that have a mutual like respect and understanding and just where it feels like the effort involved in maintaining that relationship is equal. Um, you know, those are the people that I can say I call my friends. One thousand percent. And so much of that, like you said, like as we get older, friendships are just harder to maintain because we have so many other things pulling at our attention. But then mm-hmm. I think very much so. And I would say I've always felt this from you and is also why I think our friendship has maintained the way it has um, and um, always been a safe container for both of us is because we've both also always recognized the value within one another. And like, I have always valued you as a good friend and I've always trusted you and always knew that you were there and you had my back. And I, I hope that you have always felt the same from me too. And that's a rare thing. A you thousand know? percent. My girl for life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but then like recognizing, like, you don't always have that. And like you said, like having other friendships where you recognize the values were not the same and like, and just having to be like, I know for myself, having to be really honest about those types of friendships Mm -hmm. and cutting them off, or at least removing myself from them in a certain way. And then I recognize that like over time, the ability for me to show up more fully form that core group, because I wasn't getting pulled in so many different directions to not have as wide of a group so that the people that do matter to me know how much they matter is really important to me now. And it's something I think even within the last couple of years, I've skimmed back a lot to be able to be like, who do I actually like being around? Who fills me up? Who do I get just as much energy and love from that I give to someone else? Like, I think that that's something I don't know if I really thought about before, you know, and now it's like the only thing that matters. And that is huge for you, Fair, because as long as I've known you, you've always been a very social person. And like you said, like, you would give your energy and intention to, you know, anyone that's a good time and not to say like, you know, when you're younger, that's fine. Like that's what you need. But now when you really do have, you know, time is like a premium, then yeah, really sort of taking the time to, to look at those relationships more closely. And like you said, you know, what fills you up? Who are people that teach you things about yourself and about the life 
in in general and that's what's important to me in terms of like the re- relationships I'm going out of my way to maintain now yeah well and who um who do I see in my life long term right you know who are the people mm-hmm. that are going to be those lifelong friendships that you know we we have a shared perspective and like I, it was like one of the funniest things I feel like I hadn't seen you in a couple of years because she, so Shannon's in Baltimore. So I was like, I randomly went to Baltimore at the end of a trip to Miami when you first moved there <laughs> like two years ago, literally went for an overnight trip. She, she were like, come visit me. I was like, okay. And so then I did, I was like, I'm on the East coast. I might as well, the East coast is all the same, right? Like, I'll just go right. To- yeah. I might as well just pop here and here. Neat. <laughs> here. But, um, but to just, I think to spend, you know, some additional time and like just more a length, a longer length of time with you. The fact that we were just like, you know, it like, you know, we never skipped a beat. And I, I find that so like I just filled up my cup on so many different levels and also to remind me that I am not you know like I think to be liked by everyone is great but like to be liked for who you are by the people that are your people is like something that you can never replace the people that know yeah it oh my gosh it is so fulfilling I I completely agree with you and it's kind of like what I was talking about earlier um the value in terms of self-discovery though because having those people that have been there the whole way like they actually know who you are even when you start to forget or Mm -hmm. fade or doubt yourself or whatever it might be having you around having those close people that are able to sort of hold up a mirror when you might need it (laughs) it's yeah you can't live without that and that are holding up a mirror from a place of love you know, like, I want you to see this because I want you, I want the best for you. And like that genuine intent of like, I want the best for you. I want you to be happy. I want you to be good. And I'm willing to like have the hard conversations with you in order for you to be there. Cause there's people that can just be around that'll tell you whatever. But like, when you have the people around that are willing to say the truth and say it to your face, I think mm-hmm. is one of the most important pieces in life, because a lot of people can say a lot of things behind your back, but never say it to your face. And I, and I value that because I value honesty. Honesty is like one of those core things that like, and that's why I, like, I was like, you might be really honest. I was like, but she's honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had my back. <laughs> Boy, but you guys have been together for a while. And I, was like, I was like, she's just keeping real. I was like, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> he probably was like, oh no. Now this girl's really going to be on one. And I was like, so thankful for you, Barrett. I always will be. <laughs> Ever and always. So I, I think it's important to be able to have those people around you to be able to like be to shine the light to and that are genuinely happy when you're succeeding too and when you're happy. Um, I remember there was this one person, um, a friend of ours was like an older friend of ours was like a you know, people are happy for you and let until you're more successful. They're happy for your success mm-hmm. until you're more successful than them. You know, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, and it was like when you start to see the people that like as long as you didn't exceed them, like they were good, you know, and like when that little shift happens, it's interesting to see how people change. And I would say that anybody that's ever given me a glimpse of that at this point, I've just removed. Like I, I was just been cut. like cut, cut from the squad, <laughs> get cut. Yeah, and I've people these last couple of years and I um 
and not from a malicious point but really because I was like I only have so much time and energy and like I really want my core group to be my core group and that is and like if I'm in if new people are entering they're entering because they are aligned with who I am now not who I once was and that's a really hard conversation and truths to find because you know you can be friends with people for years and they if if it's just not in alignment anymore it's not in alignment anymore and to be okay with that you know no hard feelings but to be honest with myself about putting time and energy into so that's a part of that continued growth journey as well yeah like it doesn't have to be a bad thing I mean because one of the things I gain the most joy from is for looking back and discovering or better understanding the reason that someone was brought into your life whether that be friend whether that be relationship and maybe they're not around anymore maybe they still are but again just once you get to sit back and you're like you know what that makes a lot of sense now and it is only meant to better you and put you in a better situation moving forward. And you can only hope that your impact and their life at that time did the same in some regard. And that's that's what life's all about. And that element of surrender, right? And letting go and just recognizing it's all going to pan out the way that that's supposed to. And that ultimately you're not in control. I'm not in control. So like I can do as much as I want to, but I can't change the way they see me, I see them, like how we engage, like I could, all I can do is like control my actions and how I'm showing up. And if it's authentically, what more can I do? Amen, sister. I know. What, what qualities would you say like are important to you within friendship? Like what, what really stands up for you? Oh yeah. Like I said, a hundred percent, the reliability piece and feeling that we that we're coming from like a place of equal footing in terms of like, I reach out to you just as often as you reach out to me. I can set up plans just as often as you can set up plans, like that it's really reciprocal and not feeling like, you know, like I'm sure we've all had like the friends or certain relationships that are so one-sided, but like hit you up, like, girl, what do you want to do this again? Like, well, what do you got going on? (laughs) Like, I mean, I love to plan things. I actually, I really do. I'm like always going to be the person. If someone says what restaurant are we going to, I'm going to look it up. Like, cool. But it's like, like, why do I exclusively have to always be the person, you know, reaching out or making the plans or coming to you or whatever it is, you know, just some level of like equal, um, equal energy being put toward and that reciprocity and you know just a shared core sense of beliefs and that like that they are also contributing to my life in a positive way and I'm trying to do the same for them yeah one thousand percent because that's what you know that's how we continue to evolve is by having the people that are positively influencing us and helping us you know, continue to grow and be a better person, right? And like, that's all yeah. you ask for. And that's so, I think a large part why people are in your life for certain periods of time is to be that voice of reason or even that spark of excitement or, you know, whatever 
role they might end up falling into and it's like I think everyone is there for time and place and sometimes you know it sounds corny and cheesy but like they're there for a season and then sometimes people are there for a lifetime and I think that they're all important it just depends on what it is so and accepting that because sometimes that can be hard like sometimes you think especially when it comes to friendships and I don't there's probably something to this it probably completely differs between male um, friendships and female friendships that sometimes like I met some really great girlfriends um, since I moved to the East Coast Mm -hmm. and you know we go out or even when we didn't go out and we could you know chat have heart to heart over a glass of wine like and I was like these are really great people like I can see like how we got to the same point in our life that like brought us here Mm -hmm. but then you know it sort of fizzles out for one reason or another like I said you know if I'm always reaching out and you know I'm not getting that same back from you and you pop up two months later and you're like hey girl what's going on I'm like like, I get we all have things going on in our lives, but, you know, I, I just mean the effort to be yeah, like, equal, just, especially when you're like, yeah. you're getting to know someone too, to a certain extent. So, you know, kind of setting best practices. Um, and so, yeah, they're not necessarily brought to your life to be lifelong friendships, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't valuable and it doesn't mean that it wasn't beneficial in some way for the time that they were in your life. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And like, and like the acceptance of all of that and also just the enjoyment of whatever it is like you can also like some of some of my you also know I'm kind of crazy but like some of the favorite people I've ever met like I've met them randomly out one night and then we have like because I've done so more solo trips and like I'll randomly see them and meet them I spend like a whole night hanging out with them and then I'm like I'll never see you again but I had so much fun with you and I'm so happy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this one night and like actually this one girl that I know um I still stay in touch with her funny enough. I met her in Miami when I was down there and we ended up meeting at a drag show and she's like, I've never gone out Miami <laughs> with some family. I've never like gone out. And like, this is my first time. And I like randomly, I felt like my intuition just guided me to come out tonight. And then I like meet you. And then we end up going out all night and like partying and dancing together, had an absolute fucking blast. And she was so nice. She was so cool. She ended up dropping me at the end of the night. And I was like, see you later. like, we got to stay in touch. But like, Will I ever see her? Probably not. I don't think I'll ever see her in person again. I don't know why I would. But do I care about that? Doesn't I- even matter. It Doesn't was matter. so y'all had a time last night. Like that was so memorable. And it was like you guys were both like right place, right time to be able to experience that moment. And well, and now even like now that you've moved across the country, like how do you like I think a lot of people bring this up to me. They're like, how do you make adult friends? Like, how do people make new friends as adults? And I'm just curious. Oh my gosh, this is a great topic. Like this could all be a topic of an entire podcast all by itself. How can adults make friends? Like we need to do (laughs) five tips a weekly catalog. (laughs) No, I and I that's the thing is I didn't have the tips. That's why it's like a great topic because it truly is really can be super difficult. I so the first really cool girl that I met out here. Again, so you have to like somewhat be brave. You have to put yourself out there. It does involve that. That's step one, I will say. Mm -hmm. And luckily in my case, 
nothing will ever keep me from watching my Seahawks games. That <laughs> means even if I'm solo, even <laughs> exactly, I could be solo. I could not know anyone. I could be in the opposing city of the team we're playing. Doesn't matter. If I need to see my game, I will be out there in all my swag. And so that's how I met her. I went out to some dive bar that I read would be willing to show the Seahawks game. And I showed up there and I just having a good old time watching my team, doing my regular yelling at the TV that I do, same as when I'm home. <laughs> and this girl came over and was like, you just look like you're having the best time and have the biggest smile on your face. I had to come talk to you. And the rest was history. She's super cool. Like I've gone out a ton of places with her. She's introduced me to, you know, other groups of friends. Um, I was able to get out in the community and do more like volunteer things that I wanted to do, like, you know, planting trees in the park, like all this stuff that I feel like I would have otherwise never even come across if I wasn't willing to just put myself out there do something I love to do and I was fortunate enough to meet people and that's I'd say overwhelmingly like people are like oh my god it's so hard what I do you just have to show up you just have to do it it's uncomfortable but hey if if you're meant to find the person or they're meant to find you it will happen but they're not gonna find you sitting in your house <laughs> well and I think so much a part of that too is like being authentic the fact that because I've also I've watched Shannon watch football games since I was in high school I remember waking up <laughs> at your house in like high school it's like we went out on a Saturday night in a 10 a.m game and she's like yelling at the tv and I was like anyways but I think that there was um, but to see you in your element, you know, back that, that's when you're like, there's no filters. This is all like, I love it. And like, you know, so much about football, this hands down knows more about football than most people, most men or women that I know. And, um, and for you to be able to see that. And then that's what she vibed with. She's like, you're having so, so much fun. You're like, no, you're shit. You're over here. And like, those are the people that you're going to sync up with, but it's by you being yourself that you're able to even for them to see you, they can't see you if you're not allowing yourself to be seen. That is a really good point, too. So for people wanting to make friends as an adult, yes, it is hard. People are super awkward. Thank you, social media, for making us even weirder. But, <laughs> but you got to still just do you. You can't. I've always been huge on if there's like an event I want to do or somewhere I want to go, I was never going to let you know, not having someone there to accompany me, um, mm -hmm. keep me from doing that thing. Um, and those are moments where I've actually run into really cool people. Yeah. That is, I think, one of the harder things. I know a lot of people that will not do things by themselves. Like they've never gone out to lunch by themselves. They've never gone to do anything. And I'm like, and I wasn't necessarily one to necessarily hop on the bandwagon of that always, but like, I think now more than ever, I'll do anything by myself now. Like I'll sh like anything, like I'm like, I don't even think twice about it. If I want to do something and no one wants to go, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going by myself. And yeah. how you, like, sometimes you are in this more vulnerable, receptive state because you're not with a group. You're not like trying, like, you're not talking to anyone else. And you're like, oh yeah, like you like this thing. We're both here. Like 
we have a good conversation oh I, I guess like did I just make a new friend maybe so and yeah. it, um, it's really fun but I think there's a vulnerability that comes along with that that you just have to be willing to like endure for a little bit so true because if you think about it what you described that's not so different than how we made friends when we were little kids it's just back then we didn't have this built up like sense of pride or like ego and so now it's just sort of remembering or regressing to some degree back to that level of where you're able to be vulnerable and it's okay like what's really the worst that's going to happen if you go out and do something that you already wanted to do something that you love by yourself what the worst that can happen what like do you expect all eyes are all of a sudden going to be on you and everyone's pointing like oh my god that girl's alone <laughs> like, like it's okay <laughs> you're like you're gonna be fine I will lie one time I, the only time I was scared about that was I went to a comedy show I went to the comedy cellar in New York City which they're known for calling people out making- oh yeah no <laughs> like that is actually what they like do okay that's true that's, will... that's a good example folks comedy shows are dicey territory that's alone true. or in a group just or beware group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so that was the only time I was like oh shit they're gonna call me out like what I'm sitting here by myself but that was actually just... my sister has a terrible story with that it sounded like so traumatic I was so glad I wasn't there it was like my whole family was like my mom my mom's husband and my sister like went to some comedy show and I was like when did this happen and why I wasn't invited but okay Uh, (laughs) but yeah I guess they like totally did point them out and just like started going in on my sister and it turned into like a whole family drama thing so yeah comedy club is probably one place (laughs) I don't do the comedy show or sit in the way back where they can't see you. <laughs> right. And then that spotlight still comes on. <laughs> but she we can do it. Put yourself out there. Well, well, I saw this a couple of days ago and it was like a meme and it was like, it's not embarrassing unless you're embarrassed. So like anything could be like, if you want to be embarrassed about anything, you can be embarrassed about it. But like you choose kind of how you want to respond and like, and how you want to remember that. Like I yeah I went to that I went to a drug show but I also was like I'm gonna be surrounded by gay men it's gonna be awesome like this could like how could this go wrong this will be amazing or also how can this like, go wrong famous last word <laughs> like around LGBTQ like plus like friendly people so I was like oh this will be nice because then I feel like I'm like in good company kind of thing and then mm-hmm. but I did that whole solo trip and then also I did that solo trip and I ended up going out to dinner by myself that night. And then ended up meeting a couple of um, a couple of guy friends that evening. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I felt the need to say it that way. Um, but um, and I'm still I friends do. with them too. I like still talk to both of them. And they um, we ended up going out and hanging out all night and just like had a really good time. And they were like really solid, nice people. And so like I think sometimes the way that I've at least made new friends, the most likely way for me to make new friends other than like through a mutual friend has been like me going out by myself, doing something that I enjoy and just being open to talk to people and to be really myself. Like, I remember there was a time where 
it was like that whole year after the separation. And I was like, I'm going to say whatever comes to mind and I'm not going to put it through a filter because like, as you were like, I had to add a filter. I had to remove the filter because I was so used to saying things in a way that was so diplomatic and so PC that I like, wasn't really ever speaking my full truth. And so like, I had to remove her in order for me to like, even for me to be able to relate to people on a more genuine level. And so that whole year, I was like, I'm just going to say whatever fuck comes to mind. And if I could be embarrassed about this, or I could feel ashamed about this, or I could think that they're going to think I'm weird or not like me because of it, like, I'm going to say it anyways. If they don't like me, then fuck it. I guess they don't like me. And, um, and then that was the year where I made like a ton of new friends that like, I can say how that work out for you now. (laughs) I was like, cause then I have met people that were more my people, you know, I think I recognized the part that growing up in a higher socioeconomic status, majority white high school affected how I presented myself and, and also like working for the university of Washington and working in a more prestigious position, like how I felt like I needed to speak a certain way and present myself a certain way. And like that, I was like really numbing a part of me or like, kind of like, like pushing that it down for sure owning it down because then I felt like well if I'm like say things if I say gonna or I say something a certain way people are gonna look at down upon me is really what I had to like face that I was going through and I shifted I had to like it was like such a, like a reality check and then when I switched it back on to like be able to recognize how like beneficial that was for my life and for myself to be myself fully then I was able to get friends that were more who I like, who I am, like, and like all parts of who I am. And um, it's been really beautiful. I've been really grateful for the relationships that's blossomed because of that. Um, and they might be wild hood rats. Yeah. But I love them. <laughs> well, hey, aren't, aren't we all a little bit? <laughs> okay, I won't say we all, but present company <laughs> included for sure. <laughs> just that picture of us dancing but you know what yes yes it is and I uh, <laughs> yes yes we are but I I think that yeah that's been a huge part at least of my journey recently when it comes to making new friends allowing myself to um not be this like buttoned up perfect version of who I think I need to be in order to be accepted and liked and I'm just you're not gonna get genuine relationships of any kind if you're not being genuine so <sighs> Truth, truth bomb, mic drop, put out. All right. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I've thoroughly. Oh my gosh, I loved it. As always. Well, anytime we chat, I feel like we always get in these like two to three hour conversations about life. <laughs> we had Jason just like up in the clouds. He was like, wow. It was like double dutch, is what he said. He was like, I would like try to jump in sometimes but then I'm like oh no now they're talking about something else and I don't even know what that means so I'm just back here <laughs> I'm like oh babe <laughs> but I love it I'd love to double dutch with like, you anytime <laughs> when we both like if ADD is real it's like we're gonna jump to another topic and then we're gonna go and then we're gonna keep running down that road we don't even know he's like yeah I have something to say but they're not even actually talking about that topic anymore <laughs> But um, I know and it was so good to meet him. And it's so beautiful to see where you are within your life at this point because of the risk that you took for you showing up fully for you being 100% yourself. And to find such a genuinely kind and loving man has been like, just made my heart explode. 
and so I'm Aww. really grateful and to meet him too and for him Thank to be you. so cool and I feel like I got along with him really well from the jump and I was like I am happy and grateful that this is like who you have in your corner on that side of the world so yeah he is he really is the bestest he's great and he's also been a huge help in terms of you know telling me the cool spots getting me out he's all like pushing me constantly to go out and make more friends and I'm like I'm not um as like social butterfly as you hun but yes at least he's showing me pointing me in the right direction so I appreciate it build those relationships together and apart you know I think it's important to have friends that are just your friends that have girl time and so like oh yeah like I would say it's crucial for my like happiness I was like it's essential for my happiness but at the same time having a couple couple friends and like things that people that you guys can go up together is like kind of a fun part of being in a relationship too oh big time getting all cute with your mans (laughs) (laughs) couples dinners okay well um thank you again and where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you Really don't, but now, (laughs) but now hopefully we'll need to do, (laughs) right? I'm going to need to run that through a filter first. No, (laughs) but really, hopefully we get to do more pods, um, thinking about firing up a pod of my own, of course, with my more sports focused topics out here for the people. God, will you? Um, still would- doing my fantasy um, football consulting work. <laughs> I'm telling you, but or Twitter, follow on Twitter. You can find her. Kicking ass. <laughs> it being so fucking hilarious. I love it. And again, I'm telling you, more sports knowledge in that woman's head than anybody else. <laughs> if you want, yeah. if you want fantasy advice, please reach out. That is a trivia night ringer. That's if you want to connect with me, you can find me at your local um, Baltimore trivia nights, any um, black run events. I am there and I really mean that like all of them. (laughs) So um, yeah, shout me out if you're in V more, if you want restaurant suggestions, event suggestions. Yeah, I'm your girl. Totally. I had such a wonderful time when I was there. So thanks again for having me and hosting me while I was in Baltimore. Can't wait to come back. And yeah, if you want to check her out, find her on Twitter, Shannon Harris. What's your tag? What's your um S dot Harris? S dot Harris. You know, the same old. Yeah. <laughs> S dot Harris. Yes. And um, thank you. And if you, oh yeah, I'm thinking, I was like myself. Um, thank you for listening to the pod. So I was just like, all right, see you guys later. Bye, Shannon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, if you have any questions or thoughts on friendship and what that means to you, and maybe even someone that's really made an impact on you and that's changed the course of your life because of their friendship, or even something a lesson you've learned um, throughout your life that you feel like is really valuable and that you also want to share, um, reach out to me. I'm on um, Instagram at Ferracino or even on my website, coachingwithfair.com. Um, would love to have the conversation and just to keep the spirit of this alive um, and to be able to continue to keep our minds thinking about these things and what it means to you and how it's um, played a part in your own self-discovery process is just invaluable. And I think is sometimes we um, underestimate the importance that it's uh, the important part that it does have to play. So 
thank you, Shannon, for all that you've done for me as an individual and as a friend and um, also just with our time together here today. So I love you. Truly a pleasure. I love you, girl. Aren't you? (laughs) No, sugar. Bye.